This is the Health, Hope, and Healing Podcast. If you've ever wondered if there was more to life, if you find yourself yearning for connection, more purpose, more fulfillment, you're in the right place. We believe God dreamed more for you when he dreamed the dream of you. So this is an invitation, an invitation for you to take your next step into all Jesus did for you on the cross, all that's available here and now. So come on, let's step in and maybe it's time to step up. Welcome to the second episode of the Health, Hope, and Healing podcast. I'm Dr. Kyra Gutierrez, and I'm sitting today with Brady Daniel, my co-founder of this project, and we're just going to hear from Brady's heart. Um, Hi, Brady. Welcome. Thank you. It's a uh, pleasure and an honor to get to do this with you. It's fun, all these thoughts and ideas coming into fruition. It's exciting. It is. Actually, that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. Tell me about the idea behind integrated um, counseling and wellness, which is our brick and mortar business. Tell me how that idea of this integrative approach came to you. Great, great question. So many years ago, when we first started working with a chiropractor, a lady near and dear to both of us, um, somebody in my family, actually my mom and sister started going and seeing her. And so a lot of the questions that they had, they would reach out. Like I know all the answers, which I don't, but you know, it was one of those interesting things as a part of the church in the inner healing dynamic. And so they wanted to know, Hey, Brady, is this, is this on the up and up from a spiritual standpoint? And I was sitting there hearing a lot of these things. And again, I didn't know what to think. And, um, when my wife and I were expecting our uh, second child, our oldest son, my wife started going through some health complications. And so my mom was like, hey, why don't you start going to our chiropractor? And I was like, uh, um, oh, okay, okay. And so I went and sat with this lady and this lady was um, doing all these amazing things and I just didn't have answers to. So I ran back to my oversight, asked him a lot of questions and he was like, Brady, it sounds to me like uh, there's some questions in your soul that you need to have resolved. And so since then, all all those many years ago, I didn't know what to believe in the dynamic of how does earth and heaven intersect from a physicality standpoint. But as I started going to this chiropractor on a monthly basis, God really started opening up my heart from the standpoint of watching what this lady was doing and... um, uh, just giving me the idea of what does it look like to partner? And so just praying through that year after year, day after day. And, uh, after all these many years, here we are with integrative, uh, integrated, excuse me, counseling and wellness, the idea of mind, body, spirit, all being assimilated into one. So yes. That's awesome. We should probably think about having her on as a guest speaker. That would be awesome. Yes. I would love to hear from her. Absolutely. Sure. Sure. Tell me a little bit about um, your view of health, what health is and what health isn't. Absolutely. I think health is when we're walking in uh, a proper alignment and attunement with with, with who God is. You know, when when Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do, that is a very physics-oriented word, or at least the way I see it, the dynamic of being in attunement. And so when we are walking in attunement, there is peace. And knowing that we are big biological chemical makeups and how the very first threshold that we receive data, knowing that we're data processing centers, is the limbic system and how the amygdala can send a message to the hippocampus and the hippocampus can actually enact the fight, flight, or freeze. And all of a sudden, the the, the body can be in a state of panic, can be in a state of stress, um, anxiety, 
cortisol, all these different things. And as a result of that, how that impacts thought, the opportunity of moving forward and all these different complexities. And so what I feel like health looks like is helping people understand the part of the mind and how that works in tandem with the body and really helping them learn to validate what's going on inside of us, knowing that God has given us these scriptures of, you know, to, um, uh, God, let's see, how does it go, uh, Dr. Kyra? Um, he has given us the authority to trample over snakes and scorpions, right? And we, when we look at scriptures like that, we always see that as an external expression. But really when we see the opportunity of what that means of validating and giving that energy with these emotions that are running internally, the opportunity of giving it a voice, what does that look like? And we see this from the so much of, of emoting through prayer and through journaling and through breathing and through all these opportunities, the, the very energy that's inside of us, how do we recognize and own that with the mind? So the mind is not creating a defense mechanism, but actually is validating what's going on in the body so that two can be in one validation and we can invite the spirit of who God is in that, that energy into that emotion so that there are three in one so that therefore we can take our next step in healing and in peace and in restoration. So the dynamic of that is being in attunement with who God is in peace. Well, that's awesome. Very good. Um, we've seen quite a bit in the chiropractic world as far as energy medicine and energy treatment really delve off into new age mysticism sure. and even witchcraft. Tell sure. me about someone who's worried about that. Sure. Um, how do they keep healthy spiritual boundaries? How can they participate and not cross over those lines? Absolutely. And and this is a dynamic when you work with things like um, um, emotional freedom technique and the idea of validating with physical touch. When we look at the dynamics of what touch means, this is a technique that Freud used. And so in that either people love to love him or love to not like him when you use that terminology, but the dynamic of actually laying on hands is very uh, uh, impartational. We even see that as a dynamic of how scripture, the, the um, apostolic um, uh, kind of calling is a laying of the hands. And so the dynamic of knowing that um, everything that we have going on can be very frantic and the idea of touch can be very calming. And so the dynamic of how people can can assess, hey, is this uh, built in mysticism? Is this built in the occult? What does that look like? But also understanding the dynamic of when scripture says that all things were created by God. And in the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. And so in the dynamics, as we really look at the true foundation of what it is, can this be expressed in that very venue? Well, it can. But can it, as seeking God as source through this, can that be grounded in the fundamental aspects of who God is? And I believe yes, from the standpoint of kind of who is getting our attention and where are we giving praise to in the modality of utilizing that. So the dynamic of that is two, two people can see and assess uh, one and the same, but the dynamic of who is source in that and who is getting the praise of that can determine the dynamic of what does that energy modality look like? Because I really believe that, you know, we eat for energy, we sleep for energy, we do a lot of things for energy. And so even utilizing that terminology, I used to have a mentor who said one of the, the first uh, hurdles 
uh, to, to freedom is getting free from our bondage of definitions. And so how we can even be in bondage to the terminology of the word energy. But when we look at this of drinking energy drinks or whatever that looks like, we use that in so many different um, um, expressions. But then when we look at the opportunity of counseling, of of uh, tools and healing modalities, then all of a sudden there becomes these roadblocks or barricades to the point of, oh, wait a second, I don't know if I can participate in that. And that makes sense for the extent of, hey, how do we process that? What does it look like by allowing God into that space to determine, do I have a subconscious belief that is inhibiting the opportunity of this? But really, if God is the creator of all, then as a result of that, are is there areas of even just using this terminology that the enemy has allowed us to believe that he has the copyright of it and and it's hindering the opportunity of us actually moving forward absolutely the earth is the lord's and everything in it everything in it absolutely yes 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 yes. no enemy camp that's beautiful awesome so tell me a little bit about the work you do in the office absolutely so i see people of differing age groups, typically adults, but I will work with the younger generations, minors, um, and and I spend a lot of time working with individuals that that are dealing with anxiety. And the reasoning for that is um, because I believe that that really is one of the the, uh, interpretations of how the body receives this data just as the the hippocampus actually sends out the message of fight, fight or freeze, and as a result of that, how the body associates that. So I see a lot of men and women helping professions, uh, people of uh, uh, you know um, uh, pastors, if you will, people that that are, that are serving the body of Christ, and really working with them on the idea of mind body connection and mind body and spirit connection so that therefore that um, what they're coming in with doesn't have the ability to continue to hold them back so they can break free from that to be able to take another step I work with individuals uh, with with anger management as well and then I have uh, extensive background of working with a lot of relational couple and marriage as, as well that's awesome that's awesome. Did you always want to do this growing up? How did you come to counseling as a profession? Great question. No, not at all. Uh, you know, uh, early on in, in the field of academia, I thought I wanted to go into law because the idea of I have a lot of thoughts. And so therefore, then I took my first law class and I was like, grateful for lawyers, have uh, some family members that are lawyers, have a mentor that's a lawyer, but I'm grateful that they are lawyers and I'm not because that just doesn't interest me. And I took my first intro to psychology class, and the professor came in with a colander on his head, uh, with uh, uh, with with a robe on and a flask water and bug spray, and we we're sitting there thinking like, "Oh my word, what is going on?" And he was just trying to get our attention, and he basically said, "Hey, if you're wanting uh, to be able to be at a place of helping people, then then welcome to the field of psychology and counseling." And I thought. Huh, interesting. I don't know what that is, but I'm fascinated. And I started just kind of moving down that direction um, right after graduate school. I uh, spent uh, many years in the church with pastoral care, really kind of doing this from a, um, a, a Christian Orthodox standpoint, which I still do to some degree, um, in a lot of degree, degree but, it, but the expression looks a little bit differently, I guess I should say. And uh, But for almost 16, going almost 17 years now, I have been in the space of how God, can you use me to help individuals just as you continue to help me? That's awesome. That's awesome. You mentioned a minute ago about how you treat a lot of or you're seeing a lot of anxiety in the population you're working with. Has that shifted a lot since COVID? 
Absolutely. I think it's got, it, it has increased exponentially because just this trepidation, this fear of, oh my goodness, is a loved one going to get it? Are they going to get it? Or whatever that looks like. You know, there's so much research out there, even the, the, the fear of the unknown, which, I mean, that can impact everybody. And we see the statistics about it is uh, how many people are dealing with some formation of an anxiety um, disorder or or some type of, of anxious component that really is impacting individuals. So, you know, it was already pretty extensive since, uh, before COVID, but since COVID, there's been a upward trajectory. Absolutely. Does that change how you practice? I mean, are you doing a lot of telehealth or do you see people in person? What do you think about that? Absolutely. You know, during COVID, just as everybody was, everything was telehealth and um, finding myself getting used to that modality. But what's really interesting is we about half the individuals want to, to continue to do that. And the individuals that, that want to continue to do that uh, meet through telehealth. It's because of the, the vast majority of it's because of, you know, um, being not being able to break away from work, you know, in the commutes to get to the office or what have you. But we're having a significant amount of individuals that really still want to come into the office, which again, we offer both telehealth and in-office sessions. So yes. That's great. That's great. Tell me a little bit more about, um, you mentioned you do work with some adolescents. Do you sure. do um, more family dynamics or is it one-on-one? Is there something about teenagers you just love? Oh, teenagers are great. I mean, I think with within this next generation, I mean, I think that they teach me more than than I teach them. And um, the opportunity of working with the entire um, um, atmosphere, the entire culture of where they're coming from, because I believe that there is very, very much a systemic dynamic to that. So the idea of not only working with the adolescent or the child, but working with their caregiver as well, because from my perspective, and again, different people can can disagree, which is perfectly fine, but the idea is if we are in the opportunity uh, and giving them space to process and to emote and to create resolution, but then we're sending them right back in the same atmosphere or culture, then as a result of that, are we creating a, a benefit for that, that, that minor, that adolescent, that, that child? to be as successful as possible. So therefore, if we can create um, an all-inclusivity um, opportunity for all the culture, the mom, dad, or whomever the caregiver is and that individual, then I feel like further success can be able to be had. So I like to work with the entirety of the individuals that are willing to submit to the process. That's great. That's great. We hear a lot in the media, if you listen to the media, <laughs> about how this um, this current generation is just, you know, going down the tube. There's no hope. They're all lazy. They're never moving out of their parents' homes. They don't know how to boil an egg, much less get a job, all of these things. It's very, um, very negative. Sure. Can you speak to what your view of our upcoming generations, what it looks like from your viewpoint? Do you see that or do you see something else? Absolutely. I think part of the dynamic of that is, you know, are there opportunities for children to um, kind of fall into that category? Absolutely. But I think that that could be same, be same to be true in all generations. And so the dynamic of what they're being bombarded with were the generations before being bombarded with something very similar. And if so, then okay, then it could be correlatable. But if not, then is it... Um, 
is it the the fair comparison of an apple to apple, if you will? But the dynamic of what I'm seeing, I'm encouraged by the tenacity of this next generation, the um, the zealousness of this next generation, um, the opportunity of how they're growing in the awareness of of mental and emotional health like none other. You know, you think about the stigmatations of what mental health has had in the past. And what I'm seeing within the population that I'm working with is a lot of these children that they're, you don't really see that stigmatization. The dynamic of, hey, is this a good place for me to come in? Is this a safe place for me to come in? Okay, great. Here's the stuff. And, and okay, help me to process this. Whereas before, there was a lot of tilling of the soil, if you will, to actually get to a place of fruition or, or of resolve. But now we're seeing the dynamic of this generation. They understand the need of awareness. They understand the need of taking that next step. And, and if they're not, then why is that? What is it that we're doing? You know, are, are we being part of the, the solution? Um, are we being part of the problem by constantly creating the space of negativity instead of calling out greatness, calling out the, the, the beauty that is within them and, and acknowledging the possibilities of is, are there subconscious beliefs that's impacting them? And so in that, I think the next generation, just like all the generations that have gone before us, that they are on trajectory to do, to do some amazing things. I love that. I love to hear your heart in that. And that was kind of a trick question for oh. you, Brady. <laughs> what I wanted to hear, and you, elo- you so eloquently said, is your point of view, because as a parent, I have teenagers, and myself is so important for me to have adults in their world who see hope, sure. who see future, who see the world in a good way, that it could be good. Yes, there's bad. Of course, there's bad, but it's not all doomsday stuff. And I just wanted to hear your heart on that. And you have this unquenchable positivity when it comes to the next generation. I just wanted our listeners to get a little snippet of that. That was that was awesome. That was awesome. So um, if you have just in a couple of minutes we have left, if you could impart some wisdom or some message to our listeners, anybody who's listening, what would you say to them? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the dynamic of can change happen? You know, I think change is one of the easiest words to say and one of the hardest words to actually do. And so we see that dynamic of whether it's research from New Year's resolutions to the point of actually having a day where most people kind of have that drop date to their New New Year's resolutions, but understanding the dynamics of all this data that's coming into us and how we're interpreting that and what that's doing internally into us from an from from an emotional side of things, from an energetic side of things, because all emotions carry energy. Is that is that energy that is positive that that is correlatable to the kingdom, or is that energy that that can correlate in in an opposite direction? And as a result of that, all these different complexities to from from nutrition and 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 finding people out there that really know that that venue to really understand. Okay, so what does change look like? Understanding. Okay, um, what is it? Where is it that I want to go? Okay, and the dynamic of okay, so where am I in this process to acknowledge? Okay, if this is where I want to go and this is where I am, the first step is actually not to take a step, but to actually acknowledge to look down. Is there grasp beneath my feet? Is there sand beneath my feet? And actually acknowledging where I am, so that they're forth. Okay, 
Now that I know where I am and where I'm going, I can take that step. As we look at the dynamic of how powerful the mind is, as, as the mind goes, the body can follow through a lot of the research within epigenetics. And so the dynamic of this is if we feel like we can't, then is there apathy? Is there this, this indifference within us? And then where does the mind fit in that, that, that has fed the message to the body that the body has responded to that, that needs to be addressed? Is it a is is there a belief a subconscious belief that as a result of that consciously we hear all this information and we want to take a step but something within us is holding us back and how do we process all that and so the dynamic of as we become further aware and powerful by giving those things within us a voice the dynamic of change is not only a probability but it can be a possibility that can actually be a reality by addressing all these different complexities so that change is not only something that is just um, a hypothetical, but that can actually be a reality for you as you seek help. So in this, we're all in this journey. So what does that look like by acknowledging where do you want to be? Great. So where are you in this process and who are the people around you that you're listening to? What are the internal conversations that you're having? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you telling yourself? And then what do you want and what do you desire and acknowledging and owning those processes so that therefore, guess what, we're at a place of being ready to take that next step. So I'm hoping that as listeners listen to this, they re they recognize that there is a step for them to take, regardless of their, they are as close as to the finish line as possible, there's still a step. Even if we haven't taken a step, the 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 opening gun has just uh, gone off, and we're getting we're getting ready to cross a, that 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 starting line. Guess what? There's always a step to take, and uh, it can be a reality for not only them but for us as well as we do this thing together. Together, that's awesome, Brady. Thank you so much for your oh, time today. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing a little glimpse into your point of view and your heart. I'm so excited about doing this podcast yes. with you and everything that's coming down the line. Listeners, you are going to love it. So yes. thank you so much. And thank you. we will catch y'all next time. All right. Thank you for listening. We speak health, hope, and healing over you. For more information, visit our website at integratedcnw.com.